Welcome to Story Talking, episode 22. My name is Laksh, and I started Launchora, and I host this podcast where I talk to people that I admire and I want to hear stories about, people who are storytellers in their own way. And the goal of this podcast is to bring you uh, different storytellers, different lives, different experiences, so you can learn, you can, you can figure out what kind of storyteller you want to be, and you can just get an idea of what someone uh, had to go through or, or is going through to be able to tell stories. This episode, my guest is Samya Mehraj, who is one of, uh, who was one of the first people that worked for Launchora a long time ago. And by a long time ago, I mean 2016. Uh, but, you know, calendar year, that was almost two years ago. And uh, it was great to catch up with her. She is uh, she's a poet, she's a writer. She is now a Young India Fellow at the Ashoka University here in India. So we talked about what it's like to be being a part of that program, uh, how she got started in writing when she was younger, what it's like to grow up in Kashmir, where she's from, um, what she saw there, and how she used all of that, what she felt, what she was absorbing, and uh, used all of that to be able to tell stories. And uh, we talk about a lot more things, and uh, yeah, it was a really fun conversation. I hope you guys like it. Here is episode 22 of Story Talking with Samia Mehraj. Yeah, it's a really, really great course. Like, a course like this in India is very rare to find. So what kind of stuff are they, like, what kind of stuff are you studying then? Oh, it's really interesting. I mean, from art appreciation to Shakespeare to physics to economics to robots to wow. technology to group dynamics. I mean, there's this so much. Like, we have, like, 25 courses in one year, and it's, like, very, very stressful because okay. we have classes from 8 to... Like early in the morning till like late night. Yeah. There's a lot of things going on, and we're also doing like projects on weekends. So like we really have no free time, but then Mm. there's lots of things to learn. So what's the like the purpose of the program? Like why is it called the Young India Fellow? So it's it's actually like a um like a postgraduate course in liberal studies, and like Ashoka is the only liberal university, liberal arts university in India. Mm -hmm. So so it's like it, it. kind of gives you a broader perspective about the nation that you live in and what you could do here. Mm-hmm. Like just within, because it, it, it teaches you so many different subjects from liberal arts that you kind of get an idea of how each and every subject is correlated. Right. And, and they have like some pretty, pretty brilliant people like Gopal Krishna Gandhi teaches us here and there's um, Urvashi Bhutale and like the people who, the faculty is extricated, they're the best people in the country mm-hmm. in their fields. And then the students also like, the peer learning is one of the most important thing here. That from IITs and IIMs, from agriculture universities, from villages that have not even seen electricity. So like there's very diverse crowd in the fellowship. Wow. So, and so it must be like not that easy to get in. Like how many students do they pick every year? They pick like 150. Okay. 150 to 200. All right. And you, everyone goes through the same set of courses? 
yeah yeah it's same we do we do have electives at times but it's yeah. it's mostly same set of courses but it, like even the electives are so amazing we've been reading about we've been studying about the gender in bollywood so we take yeah. old movies and talk about how patriarchy is like it's a very very liberal space it's mm. it's like a bubble in sony <laughs> but so like it's it's nowhere compared to how other universities are here, right so that's good for a change that's really cool yeah it's really like you should visit this place sometime i mean even launch or would good do really really good we have these events and these guest lectures and people just love attending these things a part of me is like when i turn 30 i'm going to find i'm going to like start teaching part time at one of oh, these places oh you know i i was just about to tell you that they should they should totally come here and teach like we have these courses called critical writing and creative writing courses and we yeah. so we have different for example i'm studying a uh, anthropology of violence and borders and we talk about like we have, we have been studying argentina's dirty war and and like and it's all done through like we study critical writing by taking up these courses wow. and it's so yeah. beautiful writing like writing scene in ashoka is really it's, it's so far ahead from other universities that's like, really cool it, it's I'll a place where every try to do everyone, something everyone loves slam poetry here everyone loves to write it's such a creative space it's 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 really beautiful that way it must be like so everyone So every almost all the students I guess are part of the residency so everyone's living there too. Yeah then. every every yeah it's a, but the residency is too good. I mean they call it a like it's a white university in a brown country. It's <laughs> they, they call it a, yeah <laughs> so even the like the hostel is so good. They're, yeah. they're very different from Well I mean like, a bunch of really like smart and rich people started it so I'm sure yeah, yeah, it is yeah, state yeah. of the art yeah, with everything like yeah. the, the fellowship still has people from all different different backgrounds but like UG's so my brother also got selected like with 100% scholarship so he's in first year as well but like mostly That's in first great. year everyone is like really from that elite background but they also kind of gives you like what could you do with your privilege right. and it's like and that's that's so beautiful i i could tell you things people come up with here it's completely different <laughs> like we will probably lynch you if you do these things outside ashoka wow. but in ashoka it's all so i mean but it, that's such an interesting thing right in a country that where saying anything can be construed as taking a side it's yeah. amazing that they would make a make a university where you could just talk without yeah. without suffering any sort of consequence yeah, to exactly. to saying something or taking a side yeah that's they really have such cool. hard for process like i i think the management team it's like the students have so much power here in terms of everything mm. that's a very great thing like i mean it's it's really like a bubble yeah <laughs> because i mean it's it's nothing the country is nothing like this so uh, i mean is a part of you going to miss the bubble when you get out of it yeah but i think i think that happens with like every experience that i take but i think for the first time i'm thinking that there's so much to take from here and give it to mm. other people and i mean for the first time i'm really excited to go out and see like what right. could i do with these things yeah what i mean now that you've spent all this time absorbing everything how do you yeah. apply it to yeah. to real world yeah there's That's always really cool. so much to learn and then it's it's like a home for you like you can always come back here because the, the fellowship kind of like they have programs and shit that it never ends so once you're a part of ashoka family mm. it kind of helps you go everywhere and even the founders for that matter founders and funders they're very close to the fellows especially mm. and it's a very small university i mean there are four ug batches one yf batch so there are not more than 5000 students on the campus wow and that keeps you like closer to yeah i mean so what? you after like a few months you've seen every face at least once probably yeah yeah exactly and you get exactly. used to it i mean yeah. that's very it's very it sounds very communal 
mm-hmm. in a <laughs> I mean in a time like today it's it's hard to yeah. even have a community without people wanting to you know uh, yeah <laughs> that's so true <laughs> uh, so I mean in that way I mean I'm I'm glad that this you that this has worked out like it's it's amazing yeah. that you're yeah, I'm really you should really visit the university once like this right. visit here and talk to it's it's so different I mean Launchora would like just thrive at place like this awesome that makes me very happy and now I definitely <laughs> really it out. I mean that was the big surprise because you know when I when I came back to India I was I had just been teaching for a while mm-hmm. and I came back and I was like I don't want to go back to teaching you know economics and finance and stuff Yeah. And then writing was becoming such a big part of my life. I was, I was and then, you know, everything with Launcher, I was like, oh, if I ever get back to teaching, I'm going to do storytelling. I'm going to figure out different ways of of being involved in storytelling. Oh, yeah, and, you'd love it. Eh? Yeah, I'm and but the thing is that you know, you don't imagine that that India is going to be full of a lot of amazing places to go and teach the I, kind of stuff that I like. I think Ashoka is perfect. Yeah, yeah. We have courses like we we study meme memes and culture, and we have <laughs> courses like so. In, it's it's only critical writing. In critical writing, yeah. we have madness, madness in literature. So we talk about mad stuff and all. And it's it's people like it's it's so amazing, and like they have the best faculty, and everything is so good that you just cannot complain. Well, this is this has been a very good endorsement for the university. <laughs> I think a lot more people like who use Lanjo are going to be interested in, <laughs> especially the in, ones from India. I think they're they're gonna they're gonna Google it. Yeah, that's, that's cool. true. That's so true. So let's let's focus on on your particular journey, right? That's, yeah. That's that's what I want to do. Yeah. Uh, so let's start with. I mean, I know a little bit about you, but I want everyone to know a little bit more. Uh, yeah. You were you born in Kashmir? Yeah, yeah. I was born in Kashmir. My parents lived there, and I've I've lived there for like first eighteen uh, years of my life. and what do your parents do over there uh my dad is a civil engineer and my mom is a professor in zoology so they work okay. with the government right and uh, like they've lived all their lives in kashmir and so growing up there i mean besides what everyone already hears about kashmir from the outside mm-hmm. what is it really like to grow up there uh I think one thing that's common to a lot of people who come from small towns or like areas that are around mountains and beaches is that you get a lot of space like mm-hmm. as in like literally space mm-hmm. so you, like you have space to run and like climb trees and like your childhood is filled with all these birds and fruits and colors and everything right so so I think one thing was that that as a, as a kid like I went on these adventures on my own and I used mm-hmm. to explore things and uh, like it's like and like because all of my cousins lived nearby so we used to have this group of friends and we used to go and like probably go in fields one day or to a trek one day and uh, so that made it kind of very beautiful and that somehow made me come closer to kashmir's beauty as such mm-hmm. but then there were because because of the inner conflict there were times when we couldn't leave our houses because you know there was there's right. probably a curfew or a crackdown mm-hmm. so there were times when i was like stuck in my house for like good 3 4 days and times when you know there was firing or blast or stone pelting so you know as a kid i didn't understand these things so right. that kind of made like it built trauma inside me and it's only in later stages of life that i figured that a lot of things that i do are affected by that mm. but of course there 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 are really good parts as well and really bad parts as well but um, 
I think yeah, the beauty of Kashmir and like how beautiful and sad it is at the same time. Mm-hmm. It uh, really triggered something in me, and that's that's probably when I got really close to art as such because I thought that you really need a certain kind of medium, right? A creative medium to express what mm-hmm. this place does to you. Like even if I'm talking about the conflict or if I'm talking about the beauty of it. Yeah. And yeah, so that that was Kashmir. So when you were like, as you were growing up and watching, you know, getting this, this mix of beauty with sadness and everything having some sort of, there's like a cost to everything in a way, like you get, you get a lot of good things, but then there's a price to pay for Mm -hmm. being able to experience it. Like did that, did that turn you more towards, like, did you become more internalized? Like I'm like, you were just absorbing everything and then keeping it all in. Or were you able to figure out, like, I mean, in terms of appreciating or even partaking mm-hmm. in some sort of art, you know, creative outlet? When did you feel like you were either, like, were you already taking it all in? And then mm-hmm. when was it starting to come out for you? Uh, I think because, like, I spent most of my time in Kashmir and my parents were not eager to travel a lot. So there were, like, just five or six times that I was outside Kashmir. It was mostly mm-hmm. a trip. So I never lived outside. Right. But like, so when you grow up in such environment, you think this is what normal is. Mm-hmm. So being around trees and birds was normal. Being around a, a area that's like ridden with conflict was normal. But I think the first time that I realized that Kashmir is a is a different place from other places and that my experience might not be similar to people I engage with mm-hmm. was when I left Kashmir. So when I joined college and I would tell them, so this happened outside my house and there was a there was a bullet that just randomly came and broke the window pane and they right. were completely shocked. Yeah. And when I would tell them that, um, so this is when I did was a kid, I, I used to climb trees and get mulberry from them and, you know, cycle on, like watch sunsets or go to a dull or a river. Like I've, I've taken like, I've, I've, I've like bathed in a river and they were very surprising to them. So that's mm-hmm. when I realized that probably my story is a little different because I'm from, I'm not only from a small town, but Kashmir, like, I mean, it has its own, uh, like it's infamous for its own reasons yeah so that's when I that's when I realized okay it might be a little different so that kind of made me ache for home in in different ways one was that I thought that you know people there or like kids there of my age don't uh, enjoy the same kind of freedom that people do here Mm -hmm. and also that made me realize that how city lives are so different from living around mountains and how your childhood is so like enriched with these yeah. beautiful experiences around nature that probably a city maybe in some other way would do it for you but not exactly that or like for example this one day I was walking with my friends and we were on a trip to Manali mm-hmm. and so there were these vegetable fields and we just walked in and they were like oh my god there are so many vegetables growing together how is this possible and I, just, I was like <laughs> okay this happens and then I went and I told them this is this is this is what garlic looks like this is carrot and that's tomatoes because like because this has been happening oh, like my yeah. mom has a kitchen garden so I just walked around I told them I know every fucking tree that grows there <laughs> and they were so surprised by it. they're like oh my god this is amazing and how do you know like they would like I'll tell them this is a carrot plant yeah. and they would like root and they could see that they could uproot it and they saw it's, it's really a carrot and they were surprised how can you just look at the leaves and decide that it's a carrot <laughs> so I mean they were really and they were like let's do let's have a startup and let's like just help us with the startup and we'll grow like vegetables on our roof or something so that was wow. very normal for me yeah. but for somebody who comes from a city it's really fascinating I would like imagine as, so yeah yeah so yeah I think like 
being away from Kashmir did make me realize that there are certain things that I've not done in my Kashmir and that I'm lacking on a lot of things, but also that I've had certain richer experiences, both in terms of like happy, being very happy or being very traumatic. That is, mm-hmm. that has made me, that has made me so much closer to who I am and like given me that, uh, like kind of individual sense of identity in my own ways. Mm-hmm. So how were you, I mean, were you, did you start with poetry when when you were, did you start with writing when you were already outside of Kashmir or were you already like, you know, writing stuff down, doodling when you were a kid? Yeah, I think I, when I was a, like, I think it was in fifth class when you were supposed to write something for our, like, for like our our class teacher was like, write something for the, for the soft board and like draw it on a chart or something. Mm. So I just. So I just like had a like I had a rhyme in my mind like a like a song mm-hmm. and I just wrote something around it was about sunflowers and something and heaps of gold I, it was very random but okay. but while I wrote it there was like a tone in my head so all I had written it down on a paper I would I was singing it in my head hmm. and that's when I realized that I really love songwriting and then it turned out that I kept a diary and I wrote all these silly songs that meant nothing it was just random words <laughs> put together and I had a like I used to sing them in my head and I was I was so proud of it and it was completely <laughs> bullshit like it made no sense at all it was sometimes yeah. it were like very cheeky Bollywood lyrics and like I don't know why I did that but I think I really enjoyed it and I and I used to write with those sparkle pens or notebooks and keep it hidden from other people hmm. So it I think was that was just an for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was just an inclination to something. And yeah. then eventually I started writing. I think I started with poetry only, but I think it was it was yeah, I think it's mostly because like when you start uh, dating people and you realize that you kind of feel some more intense emotions and you yeah. pen down something. So it might like it was just more maybe a paragraph or something mm-hmm. or like your weight and eventually it turned into poetry. But most of it was done, I think, in uh, in ninth, tenth class only. There was mm. this time like I used to write a lot of poetry in, in my school and everyone used to know that Samia writes poetry, poetry. Then it stopped for a moment while I was in college and later it, it started again. There's that thing of like especially those teenage early teenage years where mm-hmm. it's so weird because everything is new, you know, like you're <laughs> you're you're liking someone for the first time. Someone is liking you for the first time. Yeah. <laughs> and then those connections are being, you know, created and destroyed. <laughs> and it's, I mean, writing is like, it becomes such a, it becomes such a safe place because mm-hmm. you're able to process what you can't even understand yeah. yet. And and you see that being becoming such a recurring theme for people like, oh, they exactly. are writing about, I mean, people would end up writing about the same experience, but have completely different perspectives. Exactly. Or expressing it like, I mean, in your case, if you were, you were making all these songs and poetry up, but were you sharing these with people? Like, did you share them with your family or friends? No, and I think that's one thing. I probably wasn't that close to my family. And like, I, even my younger brother, he's very young to me. So by the time I was in my teenage, he was very young to understand these things. And mm-hmm. even though I had friends, but I think I couldn't, I could never exactly share what was exactly going on in my mind. Right. So I think that's one, I think that maintaining a diary and writing with those sparkle pens was just kind of developing a relationship with the diary that I could have probably done with a friend, but because there was mm. an absence of a friend. So it probably, it came out that way. It was, I think yeah. it, for me, it was just a means of communication, telling something, but I was actually talking to myself. Right. And uh, yeah, I, th- I think it was that. I mean, writing is a good uh, one-sided relationship where it doesn't talk mm-hmm. back to you and you don't yeah, have but to listen to its problems. 
<laughs> exactly but sometimes you write things that you have never so you have, while you're writing it the the coordination between your mind and hand is such that you sometimes end up writing something that you exactly needed to know and oh, like it never came yeah. out otherwise yeah. so it has been at times that i when i was writing i would stop and think that's so true and why did i not think about it before so i think right. that that's something about writing that probably because thoughts run so fast that you can never like grab them and like yeah. hold them and think about them for a while but with writing it's all there on a paper it's as material as it gets so did you uh do you remember a time where you actually got that feeling like i can't believe i wrote that like it was either so i mean you could call it brilliant it was either so brilliant or so dark that you were like i can't believe that just like my brain made that yeah. up yeah but like i did get that for a number of times but i think it was uh, after like after working at launcher later when i went back to kashmir and kashmir was really like in a very bad shape at that point of time mm. and uh, i i i was reading arundhati roy's uh, god of small things and that mm-hmm. book had like a very it 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 changed so many things in my life and because i really like the prose and poetry it was so beautifully structured and written that once i was done with the book i was like i have to write something now and i remember because i couldn't go out so i just sat in my dad's car and i was playing good music and i just felt like writing and i wrote 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 and and i edited it i mean i sat in the car for good four hours and i wrote three or four pieces of poetry something that has been like i i can never write four pieces of poetry in four hours <laughs> Yeah. And I I loved what I wrote, but most of it was like very very inspired by how Arundhati Roy wrote. Yeah. But I think I think I really cherish writing. And you know some some of these pieces don't have a story. They're just so random and yeah. they're just words words put together to for, make a story, but they have no background story as such. Yeah, but but so what happens is that even if you like it for a moment you you're really happy about what you've written. Yeah. One like two two months back you come to this and like what the f- this is not yeah. <laughs> good at all how why why did i think that this was good this is bullshit <laughs> that keeps happening to me yeah it's like when you when you draw as a kid you think oh i'm i'm so good at drawing and then yeah. you, you know when you're an adult you look at it you're like that was really bad yeah <laughs> yeah and right i mean writing is one of those things where from far away it doesn't look like bad writing It's not mm-hmm. until you really start reading it that you're like, oh no, this is this is not that good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it would happen that sometimes I would end up editing my pieces so much that even the piece I would edit would be so bad. I was like, you know, the original one was better than this. Yeah. But like it puts you in such a, especially like when you're writing without a mentor, it it kind of puts you in a space where you do not understand what's good writing and bad writing oh, anymore. Of course, and in I mean sometimes it's even easier to let the original writing do its thing instead of cuz if it's not good to begin with and then you try to fix it it looks like you put more effort trying to fix something yeah, than the actual exactly. the stream of consciousness exactly. thing, you know yeah i would i mean i have i've never been someone who likes to edit cuz i mm-hmm. know that the guy who wrote it is not the same guy who edits it And yeah exactly they're not going to agree on anything so why should i let either person you know have more say in something i'm just mm-hmm. going to let the like editing should only for me it's only about grammar like just mm-hmm. fix the mistakes but don't don't fix the whatever you were trying to write cuz i don't exactly. want to look like i've put too much effort into it <laughs> yeah i believe that i think sometimes you're in a different space and like a minutes disturbance could probably put yeah. in a different space and you wouldn't i think that's why we come back to our pieces and we don't understand why we have written them because at that point we might have meant something completely different from yeah. how we are looking at the things right now 
I mean, it's 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 absolutely like uh, like you say, you know, like you were reading this book, and whatever once you either finish reading it, like some things just stay with you, and they're in your subconscious, like waiting to be figured out, and then when you start writing, it has to use something that your brain is cooking with. Yeah, has to. You know, like it it, it has to. It, like you have these this these ingredients, and you're like, okay, obviously, I didn't read. I mean, sometimes I watch. <clears throat> I I watch really bad writing like movies and TV shows just to like <laughs> cleanse my brain. Like yeah. because if I read something really amazing, I'm going yeah. to try to copy it and that is not yeah. going to work in in for anyone. I think that's something like when you go out to buy like a perfume or something then they make you smell coffee beans. Yeah. So that you can, yeah. you can go back to <laughs> like you can get an idea of how exactly. it, because it gets so much and you don't understand what like what a good fragrance I know. smells like. <laughs> I one of my goals in life is to never be the equivalent of the coffee bean as a writer, you know? <laughs> It's like I don't want people to <laughs> read what I write or or what something I wrote with that with that feeling like oh I need to turn my brain off. I'm going to watch this. <laughs> it's a good idea. I think I'll try this. Yeah, but it's not, it's, yeah, I mean, well. that's the amazing thing, right? You did you ever in those initial like when I mean, it's not like you're super old, but when you were when you actually started sharing what you wrote, hmm. what was the kind of like response you you got from people? Like who did you really start sharing stuff with when you did? Oh, uh, I think very early in school when I just started dating I was in I was in 9th standard I was in 10th standard back then and I I wrote poetry for this guy and somehow it got circulated in the class and everyone wow. read it and like there were girls talking That's about traumatic. oh my god Samir writes poetry and then <laughs> I was little so they so I think the poetry at that time like it was so good for me to come up with that that people were like she's copied it from somewhere it's not oh, her wow. it's not her she doesn't and somewhere like I felt bad about it that people don't um thing that I could do it but then I was very happy I was like okay is it that good I don't believe that I've written this so so yeah, I mean that's, that's bittersweet that's, <laughs> yeah I was like okay that means it's really good they don't believe yeah. that you know I could come up with something like that but uh, that was very initial days I mean th- these were the days when we weren't people weren't using Facebook or like social media as mm. such but I think uh, for the first time when I when my poetry got like published on some writing platform this was a uh, once it got published on a writing platform and uh, i shared it and like it it reached like to some 2 million people mm. and many of my friends saw it and they were like and it wasn't good poetry as such like it was just seven or eight lines but i mean everyone told me it's really really good i think it was just because it was on a on a famous platform and i think right i think so that kind of pushed me i was like okay it's it's not that bad i can improve i can improve and eventually i started writing more but uh, i think I've come to come to a point where it does matter to me what people think but more than that what writing does to me mm-hmm. sometimes sometimes you know when I'm writing about a character or something it 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 feels like the character speaks to me in a way that it it entirely changes my life yeah so I think it's 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 become more like a personal meditation mm. than than like making it public and letting people know because sometimes when I think that you know this will go out in public yeah. it doesn't come out real I mean, I keep thinking, is this is this a good adjective to use? Should I yeah. like, break or use it? And but when I'm writing it for myself, it's so raw and so real. Even if it's like, even if it has like copy errors, but it's mm-hmm. it's so much more better than anything else. Have you felt like if you're writing 
uh, I mean, I'm guessing mostly fictional stuff. At least that's the context of what I'm talking about. The mm-hmm. when you're creating a character and you're trying mm-hmm. to, you know, tell a story, do you mm-hmm. sometimes feel like you you're responsible for getting it right, even though you made up this person? You know, like if you're trying to trying to tell a girl a girl story. Mm-hmm. you put this pressure on yourself like oh i have to i have to tell this right because she kind mm-hmm. of is asking you to get it right and you don't want to be unfair to this to this person who now almost feels real and is talking to you i think i i i think i wrote my first short story like seriously was when i was working with lawrence ola and i remember i wasn't comfortable with it but like just go ahead and do it and see how it turns out to be and i was just it wasn't a good story what i wrote but i'm really happy that you know at yeah. least i could come up with a short story but i think because i think like every time when i write it's it's not about character being another person and talking to me like that does happen but i think it's more about i i become the character myself but mm. it doesn't matter it could be a dinosaur like it doesn't yeah. even matter if if it has like similar life journey or characteristics as i have but i just become that character and i and i and i am in the story so maybe it's not about like telling a perfect mm-hmm. story but i think being like i think i kind of end up giving the character a, an experience that i would love to have or i would like expect to have it's not mm-hmm. always good but it's like it's like it's my journey yeah. so i i don't think like as a writer that might also be a weakness because you know you can never think of something that's extraordinary because it it, it revolves around you but but then also like personally that that's what happens to me yeah i mean i i if i had to put the pressure on myself to be too unique i wouldn't be able to write cuz it's like i don't i still have to relate to the person i'm creating like if i and they they have to say things that i can imagine having been said mm-hmm. and if cuz if they if i try to go for the really unique stuff i may end up writing something mm-hmm. that doesn't feel realistic cuz exactly. i didn't put my my take on it you know i was try i was trying too hard to be to be different that Someone i didn't else, even yeah. that made something super mechanical yeah that's that's what when they say they say that every piece of fiction is the autobiography of its writer yeah. so no matter what it is it somehow comes from your experiences or your thoughts and like no matter how much you try to make it different it's always mm. you somewhere so yeah i i see that a lot in my even if i'm writing a different story by the end of it i see there's so much of me in my stories somehow or something not probably my journey but pro- probably something that i would like to have or mm-hmm. things i would like to have experienced but it's like i think i'm i'm when i when i show my story to people i think i'm being very vulnerable even if the story is not about me but i i think that if there's yeah. someone who's good at reading people they can just see through me by reading the story that i've written yeah i i i feel like the op- i mean i feel that but i i do it on purpose like i mm-hmm. i hide myself like very deliberately in stories and then i see mm-hmm. if people can tell which part was me <laughs> yeah it doesn't But maybe sometimes people out. are able to see sometimes the people are able to see how you hide yourself in the stories oh, yeah. probably they they see that he's trying to hide something yeah. so even even that you know that gives up something <laughs> and it's it's like a it's like a little treasure hunt i leave for people and they're like oh yeah. you can can you figure out which was which was too real for me to say in real life so i put it in a story that's and that's <laughs> usually where most of my stories come out of yeah i remember talking to you about it <laughs> the do you remember the uh i remember there were a couple stories i mean there was that one story that you wrote about the 
girl with the whole trying to kill herself storyline. Do you remember that one? Trying to kill herself. There was this guy on a boat. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Love, love, life, and yeah. space in between. Yeah, yes, yes, <laughs> love yes. that's in the space in between. I remember yeah. when you wrote that, and we had a conversation about it. That I was not a. I think maybe I said that I was not a fan of her actually going through with it, mm-hmm. right? Because because we did have this little talk about whether she is already dead or not. Yeah, <laughs> and then the turns out that the guy she imagined. That she talked to after she got saved Whoa. was the one who was actually dead. Do you remember that? It was really weird. Yeah. But I mean, that was that was so long ago. But I, yeah, I think really long ago. There's I a... almost forgot about it. <laughs> that story was oh god, that story. I was so involved in that story. That's all I used to think about while you I was in metro while I was sleeping. About... I dreamt about it. <laughs> Yeah, when I told you my thoughts on it, you were a little defensive. Like, I don't know if that's because you couldn't, you know, because you, <laughs> you, I mean, most of the time you want to write for yourself. Mm-hmm. But then if you are in a position where someone has to, or like you kind of ask people for notes, it's kind of like a very risky thing to do to tell, ask yeah. people what they think. Because mm-hmm. people, I mean, maybe it's just, I think it it is a big part of our culture, but people love telling other people what they think of something. Yeah, <laughs> and that can become really irritating. But also, you have to learn how to grow. Yeah, so it's such exactly. a weird thing to put yourself through, where you're like, "Okay, I wrote something. I have no intention of changing it, but tell me <laughs> what you don't like about it." <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. I think even like I I remember I was supposed to submit that story like in seven days, but I took like more than seven days, and I knew that you know I'm far ahead of the deadline, and I need to submit it. And I just I just remembered this was all that I did, and I was like, yeah. oh my god, I'm not even able to finish one story. <laughs> but but I remember when you when you I think you suggested me that why let's like do something with the ending and change the ending, and I and I was like, it's okay even if I change it, I have the original story. I'll keep it for myself, mm. and then we could use the other one. That's a very good point. Like that's a that's a good win win yeah. situation where you get to keep the way you want to keep it, mm-hmm. but then it can also be modified based on what other people you know yeah. need it. I remember like the only thing that I was, I think it was because I didn't want it to be. I wanted the ending to be a little hopeful. Because I think if you if you leave people, I mean it's such a risk, right? Because you, yeah. the thing with sharing stories online is you don't know what state of mind the person reading it yeah. is in. Yeah. So I my goal is to always make someone, if not happier, but at least mm-hmm. the same when they leave. And mm. if you make a really sad or yeah. risky story, and it's in how it ends, you run the risk of making someone unhappier than they were <laughs> I'm so happy she didn't kill herself <laughs> yeah I mean I, I'm happy too I'm glad that yeah. that ended up not happening I, I remember a lot of people did like send me a message about how uh, like how they like the story and all even like in my Facebook inbox and I remember yeah. Swati sending me this screenshot of a person who had written I I this story came to me at the right time yeah and I was yeah she that one was one of the. That was one of the. Like it, it was. It got. It got really popular back then, when yeah. we had a lot so, fewer people on Launcher. Yeah. That was. Uh, that was. That one went well. Yeah, it did well. Yeah, I'm. I'm so thankful you made me write that story. <laughs> I mean, like that's when I started writing short stories. Otherwise, I was like, yeah. I'm going to suck at it. Poetry is my thing. I'm not going to write short stories. And now it's like I. I write like 
300 words essay in one night because there's so many submissions and yeah. i'm like god when i started writing it was so difficult for me to come up with even one story in like 7 days and now you're writing like every day i'm guessing like with everything yeah Yeah like we have there's so many writing assignments and some of them are like boring non fiction but yeah I end up putting something creative in them this coming up with something that like I'm I'm just saying we're doing a lot of writing assignments so mm. so it's a very different path but then I wouldn't have been confident enough to do anything even even with my YF application I yeah. made it in a like I wrote stories only and and sometimes you know poetry is not able to do justice because it doesn't explain it just puts it puts few words there and doesn't yeah. explain it. I think short story but I wouldn't have done it if I didn't work at launch or I was only because like those were some very very intense months in my life because I was reading as well and I was writing as well and mm. it it really did help me I'm really really glad I worked there and I did the well, work that nice. I had to do Well I'm glad because you that's kind of what you that's the best case scenario of like doing a creative platform you don't want people to not feel creative when they're working there Yeah. You, you want them to get something out of it and you know whenever they move on to something else it should be helpful to that exactly. journey even if it kind of tells you this is not what I this is what I don't enjoy doing <laughs> it, but I did enjoy it just like yeah I I really really did enjoy doing it. I was it was just Delhi being too mean to me that's why yeah. like I had to go back to, you know even like the university that I have had to go to that time it changed everything like I couldn't go there because Kashmir had such bad situations and I was mm. I had no idea what to do but because because you kept talking about all these beautiful books that I should read for writing yeah. for like to get an idea I went back and I read a lot yeah. and like I I think I that re- the habit of reading really influences how you write at least you you get to know that there are so many different ways in which a writer can write right. and you know a book is just a way to experiment with whatever you have inside your head mm-hmm. so yeah that that changed a lot of my habits around reading and writing changed and i think i was more confident about about going ahead and you know just believing that you know somewhere someday yeah maybe my writing will make a difference when was that uh so you moved to when did you leave kashmir in the beginning like when you went to college right So it was in July I went to Kashmir but because everything was shut there so I couldn't join college or do anything so I was stuck there for good 3 4 months right right and uh, then there was a wedding of my cousin so we went there and eventually I came back and by that time I had started applying for YF mm-hmm. and the application was a little difficult so I had to spend like good 2 months on it and then meanwhile I was so uh, like part time working for the Bombay Review the magazine as a fiction editor mm-hmm. so even as a fiction editor I got to read like some 7 800 issues every every month and i had to finalize some 10 issues so yeah. even that was that was very 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 hard because yeah. i wasn't equipped enough to understand like the role of a fiction writer so i had to go through number of workshops and talk to other magazine like fiction writers from other magazine yeah so that also changed but i think like mostly after launch or most of my time was spent in reading 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 i i also wrote for um, some local uh, newspapers in kashmir that got a lot of attention and uh, apart from that uh, for for bombay review as well and uh, so what happened during this time if you know mayank austin sufi the mm, delhi wala yeah 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 so he he so he just saw some of my poetry pieces uh, online and what happened the poem that i had written runaway girl 
yeah. for the for the piece. It was so he visited my home. He was like, I just want to do a story on you for my on for my blog, mm-hmm. and I was like, Yeah, you're most welcome. So he saw that story on my wall, and he really liked it. And he was like, So I worked for Hindustan Times. Do you mind if I put your story on Hindustan Times? Mm-hmm. I was like, Yeah, go okay, go ahead with it. And I thought it would be a very small thing. And like he he wrote a lot about my journey and about uh, about uh, like how somehow the runaway girl is a piece of that comes out of me and like talks about my journey and it got a lot and like it was on hindustan times so it got a lot of attention mm. and like like i have within few days i had offers coming from all over places they're like please write for us what do you think do you want to go and share your a lot of <laughs> online platforms like yeah. india tv and story they're like can we do a story on you and got so much because like i had literally done nothing it was just like a a normal interview but it got me yeah. so much attention yeah and like there was this time that i used to search kashmir and i could see my name on like the first link on the google and it was it was wow. kind of disturbing because i hadn't achieved anything but right. you know you know but uh, when it just started happening yeah so when was that? Uh, it was it was in march march around march last year okay yeah so so because i got offers i also like ended up writing for these many pla- like other platforms and magazines and all and kind of got into this whole thing of content understanding how content works mm-hmm. i was at jlf so i was at jlf last year and got to sit on a number of panels for 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 the bombay review mm-hmm. so i mean like last year has mostly been getting in touch with the entire literary community in india in kashmir and delhi and like being around people who are artistic and creative so they give me so much more hope that yeah. you know people like like you know you don't always need to be you know you don't always need to have high packages to make a change or like live a better life sometimes right. it's so much about being real and there's so much more beauty so yeah i think in that case like even though it was a gap year and i wasn't studying and i was just like doing one after one thing and another thing it, it really helped me connect to myself more and know that what i wanted to do and so i mean i i love poetry and uh, fiction and writing and reading stories but i think what i figured is that whatever i want to do in my life it has yeah. to be around storytelling that's really cool so like i mean this entire past year all of this is happening like how how have you felt like how do you feel how were you able to process all of this like and be comfortable with kind of not just being a writer for yourself you know hmm. I think it was very overwhelming at times and it got really lonely as well because sometimes you know the phase that you have on social media or like outside it's it's not mm-hmm. really who you are inside I, I was still that kid struggling to be a good writer I wasn't that established as as much as think they if was on the internet mm-hmm. but uh, uh I think I think one way to cope up with this was reading a lot of kind of writers who write who write sad, who write um, sad books so i think mm-hmm. i really read kafka kafka really helped me out there <laughs> and kafka, kafka is is rescues a lot of people from wherever yeah. they already are <laughs> yeah <laughs> like he, i think he's the saddest like the, yeah. he's just so sad i mean everything but like it kind of resonated with me uh but i think things changed a lot after the fellowship like i joined in june and since then i've i've not been in touch with every the literally whole literary thing although we do a lot of things there but because i'm so occupied here mm-hmm. but this again a very beautiful experience and i'll probably go back to doing whatever i want but but let's see yeah so how was the when you got to know that you were i mean you already applied like is it what did you apply on a like maybe i'll get it or were you by the time you applied you were like i think i'm going to get it 
No, it was it was it gets it's really difficult to get through the fellowship yeah. because yeah. like people here are like from IITs and IIMs and they have established their entrepreneurs, their CEOs, and like are like this is not something that I can do, but I know I really want to do this mm-hmm. because of everything that I read. So I was like, I want to go back to home and work on the application, but my my personal interview was really bad. I, I figure that I shouldn't have done it. My my in-person interview was so bad because it was in Ashoka. When I left, I looked back and I said, I'm never coming back to this university. But I, I wish that, you know, some somewhere someone on the earth is lucky enough to get help and study. And when I got to know that I got selected and I and I got it with 75% scholarship, I was so happy that I kept shouting for one hour. I couldn't control myself. <laughs> I was so, so, so happy. And like, I just kept telling myself, it's okay, it's okay, it's just a fellowship, it's not, it's nothing big, people keep doing this, but yeah, right. yeah is it really, and I think it has totally been worth it, like, I don't, I don't remember who I was three, four months back, I mean, every day I change in ways that I can, like, what I was yesterday is not who I am today, the, like, the, the changes, the way it transforms you is, like, immense, immense, I don't even, like, I cannot even have a proper, proper conversation with my parents <laughs> or, like, people, because it's like, there's no foundation of it, I'm like, who sure. are you people, yeah. I don't even know you. <laughs> I mean that's the amazing thing you're putting yourself in this in this environment where you're actually like very purely focused on learning and 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 taking things in. Mm-hmm. I, I mean of course the more the less rigid you are about who you already are the more open you would be to understanding these perspectives that you're that you either right. studying or 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 writing about. Mm-hmm. Is that like so when you came to this environment and because I'm guessing like when you were the previous, you know, when you were in college, like you weren't really, were you studying things like this before where you were like, where were you supposed to write, write, write a lot about things? Oh, not at all. Like I've, I've right? never been exposed to such kind of an education. Like college was so different and so like, it was, it was very, very different. Like I cannot even begin to compare how different it was. It was so full with sexism and there was no no concept of good and right good and bad but I think uh, yeah things have changed a lot here and and it is like it has somehow influenced my writing as well so how did like so when you came to this environment you were like how did you feel where that they care a lot about how you think and how to help you process what you think I think I came with an open mind so I knew that there's going to be a lot of cultural shock and you Mm -hmm. know there are a lot of things that I probably would intimidate me, but yeah. I think coming because like I've heard, I, I I had heard about how the the whole experience goes. I was very open about any kind of experience, mm-hmm. but I think what it what it made me do is that it I I I've been writing so much here. Like I I perform poetry every one month and every other month. Like we have poetry performances. I I do these projects. Like for example, we had to write a paper on Shakespeare. We had to do a paper on a uh, uh, Midnight Summer Dream mm-hmm. and. Uh, so we had to do a play as well. So we came around all these creative things. Like I, I wrote about Urdu ghazals in a, in a play. So it's it's so much more creative than that. And I think one thing that I like is that it makes my my uh, my poetry, my work, like politi- politically correct. Mm-hmm. I, I make sure that, you know, whatever I write, it's not offending some community or like it's not racist right. or sexist at any point. Or... Uh, you know, even by doing that, even if your even if your work doesn't reach a lot of people, but you know what, mm-hmm. wherever it reaches, it, it's 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 giving. It's like it's adding up to that progressive thing that are that like something that you aim for. So, yeah, that that's one thing that the fellowship has done. I think it's made my work, my poetry, my writing. It's it's made it more progressive than before. 
Yeah, there there is uh, one thing I've noticed with people who write nonfiction, especially about causes or conditions and things they believe in. Mm-hmm. There is if it's not if it's not grounded in in a deep learning of what they're talking about, it comes off mm-hmm. as a little ignorant and arrogant at the same yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. You know, like exactly. people would be because if if you if you write purely out of how you feel mm-hmm. then you're giving such a un, such a singular perspective that you you shouldn't really be expecting people to relate to it and then people when people don't relate to it the person who writes it gets even more offended or hurt without even thinking about why this happened in the first place like this why happened did you, exactly yeah So there are some people who are so yeah continue sorry No 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 I was I was just building up to have you say that what you're about to say <laughs> So it, it's like it's like people are sometimes people are so good with how they write they're very creative but then they're not well informed but it's it's always it's always better and fun to read a well informed mm-hmm. writer And that's something where I want to reach like I really want to take some more time to learn probably till till 30s like just whatever learning experience that I have I, I want yeah. to learn more I probably study more just to make sure that even even when my writing is creative i don't want it to be very so when i when i say politically correct i don't mean that it has to be complicated with i just mean even if it's the most simpler ways it it serves it serves its purpose mm-hmm. and you know it it doesn't go somewhere and do a very negative thing that that i might not know yeah so yeah. and i think that's a that's a not just for writing but for any form of work i think yeah. aiming aiming that that's a very i mean i think it's a good way to go about it Yeah, and you want to be more responsible. Like you want to be more responsible with the kind of stuff you write about. And the do you think that now that you're going through this rigorous process of uh, focusing uh, a lot on these, you know, these different kinds of things to think about, all these different topics, mm-hmm. what are you like? What has been? What What do you see now as your goal of what you want to really get out of it? like as you go forward like once this program ends which directions mm-hmm. are you thinking of 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 getting into <laughs> that's very difficult i think one thing that the fellowship does to you is that if you're confused before it it now makes you confidently <laughs> confused so you're sure. confused but you're confidently confused right. but okay i think i think earlier i probably thought that you know what i'll i'll go and i'll study and i'll get done with the fellowship and I'll earn for a bit and then I'll go to the hills and write a book so my idea of mm-hmm. writing a book is go to the hills and write a book but I think it doesn't for like after the fellowship I think it doesn't work like that anymore it's really good to live and write because when you have when you're living you have stories you don't get stories yeah. when you're living in but then I, I recently got placed at this company so I, I got the role of a content curator mm-hmm. so it's it's a good role and it's in delhi only they're paying well but i'm not really sure if i want to go for it as well because it's like, it's again corporate yeah and yeah. so that's one option but i but i really want to apply to universities and i don't want to study mfa but i think i probably want to do something that deals with storytelling mm. so probably peace and conflict and i don't know somehow i see this adding up and helping me to write i don't know how but yeah. I, but i think it's it's just these there are some spheres in some areas where i think i don't have much knowledge about it how about just go ahead and learn so i don't think i really don't tangible thing that this is what i'm doing to write this one book but what yeah. i know is that i would want to learn about this i don't think i'm okay with living my life without knowing what this what this thing is all about mm-hmm. so i want to go ahead and study so i think i would really try my best to stick to academics or like to probably 
another fellowship or another experience or i don't know probably working in development sector mm-hmm. like somehow some way like a newer experience or like yeah. a experience that that really enriches me and where i'm not focusing on you know how rich i'm going to be in 10 15 years yeah so but it it might like i think it might i my thoughts might change in one month or something yeah. but for now i'm <laughs> i'm just happy i'm just happy with whatever is happening and i and i think i'll just wait for something like i'm just i'm always wait. so even though i have this offer from yeah. a company i'm 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 very sure that what i want inside is that i want something to come my way that i just forget about it right and yeah so i'm also applying to universities let's see if i if i get through i'll probably take them do you so, think you've become more of a more optimistic i mean it sounds like you're at least more open to new ideas now that mm-hmm. you've come out of now that you're here um i wouldn't say yeah guess optimistic i mean optimistic about your own like being comfortable with who you are already and then the things will work out you will figure it out yeah, yeah exactly like, not I optimistic about this, the world the world sucks yeah, I, I, <laughs> yeah, i think there's yeah, there this complete indifference to what my future would be or what plans do i have right. the, the word plans i just hate this word so much because mm. so it's like i don't i don't i don't want to think about how the future goes i'm yeah. really i'm really concerned about how my present is because this is what will change into future events this is what will shape my future yeah so i think so right now all i'm focusing on is like having a really rich learning experience and i think i think i think if that's optimism in one way like if living in present and understanding mm. your now and like i I've, i've i've always longed for this feeling where i'm not thinking about what i'll do tomorrow but live and learn and be happy and content that you know i got a chance to learn something that i never thought that i would but coming from a place where i where i when it was hard for me to even get out of my home and now i'm here studying with all these people from different backgrounds and yeah. i've seen so many people and been with and learned so much and i've had the uh, opportunity to read so many beautiful authors and you know meet so many different people it's it's so relieving at times that i think probably this is what life is about maybe it's not about you know living in big cities or like mm-hmm. working a good like well on working for something that's paying you well probably it's about all these small little moments yeah that that make you you know closer to understanding what life is rather than yeah. understanding what your purpose should be i think it's more about journey than the destination so when you i mean i'm guessing you said you have classes like almost like the whole week right like morning mm-hmm. to evening Yeah yeah. So at the end of the day when you like when you get back to your room or something like or when you're like right you know that are you someone who thinks right before they go to sleep like thinks about what kind of day they've had? Have yeah. You done yeah. That? yeah yeah. Have you noticed like what have, what are the differences you've seen in how you process your day like since you I mean at least over these last few months? I think I'm so like sometimes when i think of it i'm so grateful that you know like my eyes well up when i think about how beautiful these times are and like how yeah. like how every so what it happens like when i'm in one phase of my life i'm very worried about the other phase but it mm. turns out the next phase is always much more beautiful than the last phase so it's been going yeah. on for four years now so there's there's like this exponential uh like that learning experience that i have that i'm satisfied with so the satisfaction there's just like exponential growth in it and sometimes mm-hmm. when i think of it i'm I don't know because I don't believe in a god so I don't know what I'm grateful to but I'm I'm really grateful and happy that you know somehow whatever happened that I'm here and this is exactly mm-hmm. where I need to be 
and that's a very very rare feeling to find because i've been so lost at times and sometimes when you have that clarity about just your present i think yeah i think that's one thing that really helps me sleep well at night and like i don't think i really get tired i probably get like like i like i get tired but it's never a feeling where i'm done with this i don't want to do this right. anymore that never happens hmm. so yeah this is something that i end all the podcasts with Okay. where i like to ask people if i mean no matter how old the person is who i'm talking to mm-hmm. i mm-hmm. like to ask them if if they were if there was a younger version of them uh mm-hmm. someone who's just like them or maybe even their own younger self uh okay. when you were you know 15 16 formative years uh what kind of message would you like to give to these people or just that one particular girl who could be listening to this uh about about what kind of i mean just in general like what kind of storytelling or creative journey that they should try to you know try for or believe in or if they want to be where you are i think i would just suggest one thing and i would mean it with like everything that i stand for i think that would be just like go ahead and dream big and like i don't think there's any kind of dream that's that's not achievable you just have to dream about it and i and i mean it like i'm not even saying like turn but make sure that you turn it into action that mm-hmm. will come like if you if you dream of it enough it will haunt you if you don't turn it <laughs> yeah. into action so just just go ahead and dream big and like and don't care about anything like including the action because if you dream big it will make you'll make sure that you do it but like make sure your dreams are big enough and like don't get intimidated by people mm-hmm. around you don't think you know sometimes what's in your head is so much more than what people have in action so just like yeah dream big